you doing on the scene? This is Alcohol Anime! <laughs> and, uh, this is not just any episode of Alcohol Anime. This is a special episode of Alcohol Anime. It's a kind of a dumb episode of Alcohol Anime, which, because this is the second time I started recording it, because the first time I realized my mic wasn't turned on, I got about, I only got about like five minutes. Anyways, on to it. This is also my sixth episode of Alcohol Anime. Uh, but what makes it so special is I am actually live streaming this episode on my Twitch, partly because I, I'm starting to stream on Twitch now, so it's kind of me just plugging myself. Also, it's partly because I'm starting to experiment more with things I can do. I thought it would be cool to go try to get a live audience in these podcasts whenever possible, especially when I do solo recordings for some of my movies. Uh, and like maybe people will jump in even if they haven't seen the movie hopefully they have seen the movie maybe they're not even drinking don't know why that would be um and then they can you know chat along ask questions all that kind of stuff if they want to and like i typically take up in whole hours so it's not like i need more questions but it would be cool it would, yeah it would just be a cool component to include and, you know, as I keep doing this stuff and see it as my podcast grows, uh, it's just be a really cool thing to do. And, yeah, I, hopefully it will take off and I'll have people joining along. Uh, but besides that, and taking care of that housekeeping stuff, um, I will keep posting these as regular audio podcasts uh, like I have been. Uh, the there is a video component now to it which is only going to be available if you watch my twitch uh, at, as it is live uh, but besides that there's not going to be any other video component it'll still be audio uh, across all those other platforms probably whatever you're, you're listening to it on right now and so yeah I, I don't really have any plan to make this a video podcast that's why I do my little uh, short little short shorts that's that makes no sense the little short videos i do just having fun with some ideas of this podcast that's why i do those since there's no video aspect of it but that's pretty much it uh let me actually get into talking about what i watched so first off i watched over the sky uh it was a new-ish film crunchyroll added uh and but before I get to that, of course, like always, because it is alcohol and anime, I'm going to talk about the alcohol aspect first while I'm drinking, and it's kind of dumb, creepy, surprising, really, all that stuff. What I'm drinking is Skyvaka, uh, <laughs> because the name of the movie is Over the Sky. I tried thinking, okay. What kind of drinks are sky themed, or maybe something over the top, over the sky? Trying to put two to two together. I can't think of anything. No, I was talking about it. I could have looked up something, but that seems less fun. Even though I've done it for other stuff. So, what I eventually remembered was sky vodka is a thing, and. <laughs> I haven't had Sky Vodka in a long time. I'm pretty sure it was one of the first Vodkas I ever tried. And I remember it being okay. Uh, it's a lot cheaper than I remember. Which is fine too. But the main reason I remember Sky Vodka existed at all in the first place. 
It's because Spotify ads reminded me it was a thing. Just while I'm listening, uh, ads pop up and it's like, hey, remember that Sky Vodka exists? It's from San Francisco and shit. And you're like, oh yeah, I guess, sure. And then I remembered I was going to do this. I was going to watch Over the Sky in the recording. And I was like, oh no, technology. How dare you? Of course you're still in my privacy. It's like it knew. It knew that I was going to watch Over the Sky because I had it in my queue on Crunchyroll on my phone, which are the same place I listen to Spotify. And it put two to two together. And then I was like, hey, you also do a podcast about drinking alcohol. And then it's just like, boom, Sky Vodka, here you go. You're welcome. And I was like, shit. You got me again, advertisements. You knew exactly what I was needing. But, hey, maybe it's because I thought of Sky Vodka that I didn't think of anything else. Uh, maybe I could have thought of some cool drink. Um, <clears throat> but no. Now I'm stuck with Sky with 2Y Vodka. And here, here's the surprising part. I don't really drink vodka that much. But what I definitely don't drink much is coffee. So I went to the liquor store looking for just to get a regular kind of small bottle of Sky Vodka because like, I only need it for the podcast uh, or watch this movie, do the podcast. That's like two and a half hours. Movie only an half long, usually the podcast. I was like, I get a small bottle. But then I go, and because I am me, when I see cheap and stupid sounding stuff, I have to get it. So I got Sky Infusions, born in San Francisco, cold brew coffee, vodka infused uh, with natural flavors. Yeah, I got coffee vodka. And, I don't know what I was thinking. But how dumb is that? Coffee, when I think about it, I, I, maybe I missed it. But I'm, I was hoping really hard I would see coffee in this uh, movie at some point, And I just never did. So that's a little disappointing. That way I'll at least justify why I got coffee vodka. Uh, but it didn't. At least the sky part make exist it's it's a very i don't know it's like i'm really grasping at straws on trying to get creative with these names and because that was that was the only thing connecting this drink to sky and i did no other work now maybe i should really should have looked up something but it was kind of a last minute plan to do this movie for this next podcast because uh, i have other plans but i'm not saying them yet but it definitely had to do with a movie that I just saw in theaters. You know, you can probably guess. Uh, but yeah. And actually, the most surprising part, and the thing that's disappointed me the most, is it's actually pretty good. It was only 10 bucks. Uh, it sounds stupid. I never would have thought I would drink coffee, vodka. Um, so what I did, put it over ice, then I mix it with some club soda that is actually left over from the couple of bottles I bought for the previous podcast uh, when I watched uh, Words Bubble Up like Soda Pop. It's, yeah, it's still left over in that. Surprisingly still carbonated. That's been weeks. I uh, don't know why it's still good, but apparently it does. Um, and yeah, it's actually really good. It's I mean, it tastes like coffee flavoring. Um, whatever that would mean. And it doesn't taste like vodka at all. Maybe it's the club soda that cancels that out. But wow, is it good. 
I don't think it's going to be good for my stomach, though. Um, I already drank uh, for an hour and a half worth of it. And my tummy's a little upset. I don't know if that's because of, I also was drinking beer before I started watching it. And food probably didn't agree with spicy food. So we'll see how that goes. Let's see if I make it through this whole hour. <laughs> uh, but I, I've had coffee flavored alcohol before. Uh, when I was in Kalinga, I've had um, coffee wine, which is surprisingly good too. But yeah, I'm just not a coffee person. I prefer tea. I'm going to drink any kind of hot drink. It will be tea. I like oolong tea. Um, I even have a special Tomie mug. Uh, that's really cool. If you could actually see my live stream, you would see it in the background. I also use it for sake, which... Maybe not what it was meant for. But yeah. Skies Coffee Vodka actually is good. It's so surprising. It has nothing to do with um, over the sky at all. Like vodka nor coffee really had anything to do with it. There's not really an alcohol in it at all. You know, now that I think back, I don't know if I remember seeing anyone drink anything this entire time. I'm sure there was something. Maybe. This seems impossible that they would not show anyone just drinking something, not even a background character. I don't know. It was weird. But, I guess that's pretty much it for the alcohol portion. Like, not creative. I could think of something, like, it was something over the sky. Something airy not airy, something light, not too heavy, uh, I, man, I don't know, I hate to say it, but vodka might be a good choice for it, especially this, it's a very light drink, uh, I keep thinking like head in the clouds, really, if I'm going over the sky, it's probably not something I'm drinking, but something maybe I uh, inhale, maybe, so, I don't know if, Drinking was the best thing for this, but because this is not yet marijuana and manga, like has been <laughs> proposed before in a previous podcast, uh, yeah, none of that yet. We're just sticking with some good old drinking. Mm. So yeah, that's it for alcohol. Otherwise, we're just gonna keep rambling on about whatever and stuff. Let's actually talk about the movie. Um. Let me give you some information about it. I already mentioned a little bit about when it came out. So, Over the Sky originally premiered in Japan, at least, in November 2020. I don't know how I never heard anything about it. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was keeping up with movie news. Maybe it's because it was in the middle of pandemic and I was stuck at home. I wasn't even expecting any new movies to come out at all. But yeah, amidst all that, it still came out. And... I, don't know, I guess nobody heard about it. And then uh, Crunchyroll added it to their catalog on October 21st, 2021, which is uh, a couple of weeks about um, for, before I recorded this. And it is interesting. I'm trying to think if, if it would be even possible to give like a, like a quick... A spoiler for review. I guess I'll give my initial opinions on it. It was... It seemed really fast-paced. A lot of back and forth. And... I don't know. It, it had some cool moments in it. But overall, I was like... 
are you what's going on it seemed like every moment that happened was just like oh okay this happened and then it'll go back and forth it's like are you it seemed like it was just like i don't know uh what do you call it in when you're treading it's like they were just treading water and it's like just it's like trying to figure out thinking they're going to go somewhere and then just not really go anywhere it's not bad um the animation is good music is good there's a weird part in it that I'm go i'll get to later but yeah it was overall an all right movie it was about an hour and about an hour and a half long so not very long now I think what would have taken it from being alright is actually if they made it longer. Give it another half hour. It could have really make these moments seem like... It, I know, it's not... It's weird to call it fast-paced. It's kind of like a... Just... Mo like a slideshow, kind of. Of like, okay, here's a moment. Here's a moment. Here's a moment. Here's the next moment. And it's like... It, the flow of it was weird, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but it was still alright. I feel like if they would have taken it did two hours of it gave it another half hour could really flesh out some of this stuff that i'm feeling iffy about that i'm about to talk about in a bit but i do want to read uh, it's stupid you could read it yourself if you go to crunchyroll but i'm going to read the summary off of crunchyroll's website but just because it's almost ridiculous um it says <coughs> mio is a girl in high school who slacks off she and her childhood friend Arata and best friend Madoka spend their after-school days in Ikebukuro hanging out. One day, Madoka tells Mio that she loves Arata, and Mio realizes that she loves Arata too. But she's scared the relationship falling apart and lies, saying she'll help them. Mio deliberately acts coldly to Arata, and they get into a fight. She decides to work things out with Arata, but gets into a car accident on her way to meet him. She wakes up in a mysterious world. It's Ikebukuro, she knows, but something's different. Okay, so this is where it's going to start getting spoily. Because surprisingly enough, that's not as spoily as it would seem. It, you read it, one, it's long. It's a long little preview snippet summary to try to tell people. But that actually is the very beginning. It all, pretty much all takes place. And this is one of the things that I... Uh, and getting on about it's like you could spend at least half an hour making this more like drama, make it more fleshed out, and it goes by so fast. It, like surprisingly, it takes fifteen whole minutes. It seems like it takes like five minutes for this to happen, and it's I don't it's it could easily be extended, and then it would have made a little more sense, but pretty much what happens in these 15 minutes is exactly what it says but the first five minutes it shows them okay they're kind of friends uh then five minutes in is when arata the male friend potential love interest uh actually says the name of the movie is like okay that was quick sure just gonna plug that in there right it's just him and arata talking uh about what is in between the sky and space and it's like is that the horizon is that something else and he's like oh that's uh caught over the sky i hope that's not the actual translation i hope they translated it wrong because that's such a lame name what over the sky that's it and they <laughs> they try to make it seem like that was a cool thing to say that's why i'm hoping the translation isn't right that makes no sense that sounds so dumb 
Over the sky, that's it. Horizon's much cooler. Yeah, it's a basic word, but you kind of thought something cooler. I don't know. I'm sure where the Japanese word for it is is a lot cooler than just over the sky. Because maybe English just made it sound like. But anyways, besides that, uh, it's just them being friends. And then it, literally in like, if they were, I don't even know if they actually spoke or like there's actually sound or anything. Because it literally happens like half a minute. It's kind of just like Motoko tells Mio. She's like, uh, are you Arnta dating? And Mio's like, no, we're just kind of childhood friends, I guess. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to take a shot at it then. And then Mio's like, the fuck? Now I like him because you want him. Because drama. Except for that drama doesn't last at all because Mio's like, never mind. <laughs> I'm not, I'll just let you have him. I don't want to bother. And then Mio and Arata hang out. She kind of starts acting coldly. This is pretty much verbatim exactly what the summary said. Except for it's so much short. This is the beginning. And it's like it made it sound like this was going to be the main plot of the story. They just like get it out of the way right away. And it's like, okay. And literally, Madoka, uh, even though it seemed like she was going to have be a big part of the drama and whatever. She is just a little innocent friend, just like trying to do whatever. It's not like she tried to instigate anything. She's also in the movie, the entire movie, maybe a full two minutes. Like, she doesn't matter at all. It was literally, she was literally there to set up this one little uh, spark of a question, uh, Mio questioning her feelings for Arita. And then she was just gone for the rest of the movie. Until she shows up back at the very end. And it's just like, what was the point? <laughs> like, at least you think she would show up and have some kind of concern, but... Or be part of the plot in some other way? Nope. So yeah, then the rest of the summary, which I forget, is Mio eventually realizes, still, this is still all before the 15 minutes. 15 minutes is whenever, pretty much, when she gets to the new world it mentioned. Or the weird world. And somewhere around there at least. But yeah, then Mia realizes after being cold to him for like maybe a day. Arta kind of doesn't know what's up. Um, she regrets kind of being like that to him. Tries to go see him. Gets hit by a car. And then that that's a summary. It doesn't look like she dies right away. The only thing in this 15 minutes that isn't included in the summary is that they go and see a psychic. And this is, I guess, actually what sets up the plot, which is weird. They see the psychic. The psychic does like a tarot card reading. And Arata's actually the one that starts freaking out, which was weird. I was like, okay, isn't this movie about Mio? But no, Mio's just like, okay, whatever, sure. And then Arata freaks out. He starts seeing these little ghost orbs. Which, now that I think back to the movie, that's the only time you see them is at this very beginning part. They never really make it important. Unless they're supposed to represent something else later on. I don't really know what else they're supposed to be. <laughs> because uh, I don't remember them actually ever showing up again. What the? That's, a, that's just more of the... There's fleshing out to do of this movie that they never really bothered to deal with. Hmm. Anyways, Arthur runs out. Mio kind of drags Mio behind him and then that was kind of when Mio was 
kind of was mean to Arata. And yeah, that was the first 15 minutes. That was the summary. The rest of it is Mio has an outer body experience. At first, she seems fine. She's like, oh, that was weird. Huh, what's going on? Chai's going to school again, and Arthur's not speaking to her. He's like, huh, okay. No one's speaking to her. Goes through the whole day in a classroom. Rising a train, sitting next to Arthur, still not responding. And then all of a sudden, she shoots up in the sky. Or I guess shoots up over the sky. Because the name of the movie. I'm pretty sure maybe the reference or mentioning over the sky probably doesn't even pop up again. Or maybe one more time at the end if I can think of it. Yeah, it pops up again at the end. But I think throughout the whole movie, it doesn't really pop up again. Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) And... Hmm. An important thing I forgot to mention is uh, Mio has a fish named Ki, K-I-I. It dies right before Mio leaves to go uh, talk to Arata before she gets hit by a car. And I just need to bring that up because that's surprisingly important. I, I thought it was just going to be like some civilism, like, oh, here's a fish she cared about, and it died, so it's just foreshadowing that she might die. And, you know, she kind of does. So yeah, she's having this body experience, outer body experience. She ends up back at Ikebukuro. Um, kind of weird, kind of like shadowy silhouettes of people, and then randomly showing up. I don't know, maybe I just kept missing stuff. Or people, if they showed them, they were so quick that I'd never noticed. But, oof. Uh, she, her guide shows up in the form of someone, something called Gimon. It's like a little stuffed animal thing. It looks almost like a Digimon. That's what it reminded me of. Some kind of like doggish, bearish, greenish thing. But yeah, his name was Gimon. It was, it's God. They try to have a little humorous thing where it had a this old man voice and then she's like I don't like that voice you should change it and, she, and then he tries to get more of a typical animal voice you would see in anime and all that stuff and I was like aww whatever anyways Gimon tries to explain him what, where she is she's in this place called the world border and uh, that she needs to move on cause she, and let go of the human realm tries to get her to go through a door it's like, ooh, Gimon's suspicious. He's just trying to kill her, get her to go to the other side and all that. And then all of a sudden, a girl pops up named Kiku. I don't know who she is, but I was trying to think. And it showed in like a little flashback for Arata, like he was scared or something, like he lost something or whatever. So my first impression of Kiku was like, hmm, that's weird. It's like... The, they don't remember each other, but apparently Mio and Kiku have some kind of strong connection. I was like, hmm, is this why Arta was acting weird, a psychic? Because it was causing him this flashback of maybe losing a relative, like losing Kiku. Maybe it was a sister or a cousin or something special like that, and they just don't talk about it. And now what's happening to Mio is kind of similar to that, and that's why they have some connection. Anyways, Kiku stops it, tries to explain to Gimon that she's not supposed to be here and that they need to help her and then this is where it's kind of just like 
not really even an adventure story. There's so much back and forth from here on. So, me, it's, <laughs> I don't want to just go through the stories back to back to back just because you could just watch the story. But I do, <laughs> it's important to know the weirdness of the story for me to tell you what's going on. So, uh, this, the bad guy named Requiem uh, shows up. They try to run away from him for a bit. Uh, and Kiku eventually says, oh, she, uh, Mio needs to go to this place called Forgotten Things Counter, uh, tell them that she forgot something to do something, and their helper go back home. And she goes, does that. And ironically, (laughs) the Forgotten Things Counter, um, it's not to go get the things or do the things that you forgot, because she gets there, tells them, and then he's like, okay, what well, are you forgetting? She's like, eh. It's like, of course. It's a forgotten things counter. People are going to come up to you if you forgot things. It's like, of course they're not going to remember. But the whole point is you have to be able to remember what you forgot to do in order to go back. And I was like, I guess that makes sense. And <laughs> I don't know, it makes no sense. Uh, and also weird things that I don't know how it explains anything at all. But Mio has her phone and gives Arta a call, and it actually goes through. But Mio's actually laying in a bed at that exact same moment in a hospital bed while Arta answers, and he's like, "The fuck!" And I get it; it's to help him move, help him get moving to try to help her. It's like, huh? That's weird that it would work. I guess I don't know. It's like it's kind of like a visualization thing, I guess. Like. You know how phones work, so you kind of use that as like a tool. I mean, yeah, that's what a phone is, anyways. It's you use that as like a visualization to know how to communicate with someone on the other side. So this is what sets Arata in motion. He goes back to the psychic. Turns out, an actual twist: the psychic's his aunt. It turns out Arata's family is psychics. People that deal with super. Not necessarily supernatural stuff. They can do like psychic stuff, astral project, all that kind of stuff. And that, it kind of explains why he was able to pick up and talk to Mio. Okay. I mean, you think if it was like that, he could do it without the cell phone. But because of the generation and the times nowadays, I guess you just can use electronics to do stuff like that. I mean, yeah. No, it makes sense. When you see ghost hunting shows and stuff like that, they use electronics on that stuff. And you see that ghosts can try and use them. So I guess the same thing with the cell phone. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Even though technically, um, Mio isn't even a ghost either, so it still doesn't make sense. I don't know. I'll just ignore some of the logic, because some of the logic in this is weird. And we get a little more of Arthur's backstory. His mom, it looked like his mom was kind of abandoning him because of some weird stuff. We get that backstory later, it turns out. Um, he, when they, Arta and Mia were kids, he freaked out or something happened that, they, they're very vague with this. They didn't actually explain, they pretty much didn't explain Arta's past. They just kind of gloss over it and mention it a little bit, which is another part that could have been fleshed out <laughs> so much at this movie. This is why a movie shouldn't be so short. No movie should be less than two hours. But yeah, Arata somehow sent him and Mio 
I guess to the other side and his dad tried to bring him back but in the process of doing so his dad died um, and then from then on uh, Arta was banned from using his powers his mom separated him from the rest of the family so he wouldn't learn all that stuff but it turns out he runs in his aunt and ends up doing it anyways and then all of a sudden Arta passes out and it's like did he just die too or is he having an Alabar experience? No, he just suddenly went into astral projecting. And then we go back... We, then we were back to Mia. So, she can't re- remember what her, she forgot. And the counter, that's you think, would help her with that. Doesn't. So then, Givon suggests they go to the Mother Goddess. Uh, which is some old woman at a snack stand or whatever that Mia used to go to a lot as a kid. Uh, and it was t- someone she knew named Mrs. Mori. I don't know. It's, this is another thing. It's like, is this someone we knew from earlier that I just missed? I don't think so. Because you would think this person would be dead if they're in the other side. But she definitely recognizes them. And no, it's just, this is like the mother goddess. And it's like, she pictures Mrs. Mori because that's just how her mind is picturing her. It's her world, kind of. And the snack stand is weird. And then she's like, okay, well, if you need to, uh, behind this door where you used to go and cry a lot is where you have to face all your fears. And this is actually one of the cooler moments of the movie, seeing her go face her fears, kind of, not really trippy, but it's more the emotional part. (laughs) And, like, most of it was just like, oh, actually, it does lead to a good lesson. But most of it is, like, her just giving up on trying. And that's a big takeaway from this. Son, I actually was like, I get this. I actually really identify with this a lot, giving up on trying. It's like, I think about this a lot. It's like, how hard do I actually try any of the things I do? And it's kind of like with Mio, she doesn't really try anything. She kind of just does whatever. Um, and it goes, the reason why she does that is like, she liked to sing, but she, uh, she'll get nervous and then people make fun of her for voice crack. And it's like, then she was made to do ballet, but then she sucked at it and never got better. And all this stuff, and it's like she just gave up on trying. And that's why she was okay with Monica going after Arata, even though it didn't play out anyways. Uh, I was like, dang, yeah, I can see that. That's actually one of the good points of this. It's not, don't give up on trying. Always try. Try hard. Because reasons. Did I actually give a reason why she should keep trying ah the more this movie actually may not have hit home at all maybe it did maybe because this is the one time when it's literally is life or death it's her trying to get trying continuing to try to get her memory back in order to go back to being alive so i guess that's it don't give up on trying just keep trying and then you won't die Maybe. Maybe is a very important term to include in there. Yeah, so that's the moral of it. And then, to make that weirder, she just sings. She has a musical number. (laughs) I don't know why. It's random. Like, yeah, okay, she likes to sing. She mentions at one point there's a song her mom likes to sing. And so it's just the music playing in the background or having a memory of her mom singing. She just starts singing. She has like a whole musical number. It's not even like a few lines or something. She sings for a little while. For a little bit. Maybe like 
half a song, maybe a full song. I don't know. It, this movie, it was. I, I said it was like moment to moment to moment, and more I think about it, more I talk about it. I'm right. It's it makes no sense how how the flow and pace of this movie goes because it doesn't feel fast paced. It's not slow, but it's like you're just to the doing the next thing. But it works. She conquers her fears. She kind of remembers that she needed to tell Arthur something. Kind of remembers. It seems like she remembers that she has feelings for him, but then she goes back to the counter. And he, she gets the ticket, and she's able to leave, or she thinks she's able to leave. And she's like, "I have something important." She needs to tell him. Never says what the thing is, but she knows she has feelings for him. And this is the part where it kind of, to me, it just gets dumb because oh, my throat's getting dry from talking all this. It's just she tries to leave on the we caught the train. It suddenly stops and it's like okay she walks ends up back in the same Ikaruko she just left they had this like almost a touching moment of her leaving and she's saying bye to Mrs. Mori saying uh, she'll miss Gimon and Kiku apologizing for never remember who she is and then she's just right back and they're just like oh okay yep it's like they expected it too but it's like what was the point? What was the point of all this? She just ends up right back. And it, it turns out the reason she couldn't go is because she still couldn't remember what she exactly what she was wanting to say to him. And maybe there was more. And I'm just glossing over it. But yeah. And then Gimon. Uh, it's like, hey, okay, let's go back to Mrs. Mori. And they could just go right back. Like, no problem. And it's, the back and forth of it, it's just like, okay, back to Miss Warren, back to the counter. And it's like, uh, 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 and that's how it just goes on for a few more rounds. And she's trying to remember. I get it. It's all about continuing to keep trying. But yeah, it did get old. Even for a movie that's so short, it was like, I get it. Move on. Like, have something happen. And then something finally eventually happens. Rec Room shows up. Um, starts telling her to give up. And this whole time, I was suspicious of Gimon. And, uh, Requiem shows up, pretty much does the exact same thing Gimon was telling her. And it's like, but, turns out they weren't in cahoots at all. They, like, they weren't working together. They just, I don't know, a plot hole, maybe? He was just wanting her to move on also. It's not like he really wanted anything from her. But then, he turns into like this big spider thing or like an eight-legged freak doesn't really look like a spider but there was like random spiders that they were kind of allude to in like the corners of a screen or something it's like oh some kind of spider thing is going to show up and i guess this was it okay and then he's i guess trying to attack mio for some reason gimon actually is starts fighting with them and getting on and this is another cool part finally some action stuff also it's kind of is the trippy stuff and stuff going on and getting weird and she's running away and then key her goldfish that died remember it turned out it was important uh shows up all big and she starts riding him to safety uh, and it's like okay and then it turns out Big reveal. K 
Kiku was actually the goldfish the whole time. And that's why they had such a strong connection. That's honestly the stupidest part of this whole movie. And the, it's like, oh, because I was in water, I thought you were saying Kiku, not Key. I was like, that's so stupid. That's such a, such a dumb, underwhelming explanation for any of this. I would rather you not say anything. So yeah, even though I was thinking it was some kind of relative of Aratus, it turns out it had nothing to do with it. It was just goldfish. I guess. Uh, well, actually, it, it still is connected to Arta because then eventually she starts having some memories of a festival and Arta caught the goldfish in one of those little games. It looks like he cheated. The one where you have like a little circular screen and you're supposed to like scoop up the goldfish and whatever. It looked like he used the metal, the plastic part of it, not the actual screen part, and then scooped it up in the air, and then that's where the, that's where Key came from. He's like, okay. And I, that was kind of their connection, I guess. And I guess, it was an important thing, and yeah, I mean, Mio like, loved her goldfish. I don't blame him. It looked like a cute goldfish. But then, what also becomes important is Arto was told her something at that uh, festival and she just couldn't remember what he said. He even shows her him trying to say it but it's like he's only mouthing it. There's no sound coming out. And I'm like okay. So now she kind of she's kind of piecing it together like she knows the important moment. Uh, and I might be mixing some of this stuff up but I'm just going along with it. <coughs> um, and then uh, Arta, real Arta, astral projection Arta shows up and kind of saves her again, just out of nowhere. Like there was no, between him, uh, passing out and look like a certain astral project, there is no other trace of him. He just is suddenly saving Mio now, and then it seems like they're finally going to figure things out, uh, going to get her out of there. But before anything even happened, his aunt pulls him right back out. It's like, what was the point? And then that that's actually the time he learns about his past and all that stuff. And it's like, well, a lot of this just seems so pointless. It's like, okay. And then Rec Room shows back up. And it's like, okay, gotcha. Uh, time to move on now. And she's like, no. I need to remember a thing. And it's like, fine, fuck it. And she goes off, ends up at a hospital. And then Arta ends up in a hospital in the human realm. And they're still trying to remember. And you think he's getting close. And I can't, I'm getting some of the times because it goes back and forth so much. I forget when what happens. I'm just going to go ahead and get to the part now. The thing Arta was telling, um, Mio at that festival is that he was in love with her and she just pretended to that she didn't hear like this whole time the thing she was wanting to say to him he already said it to her and so now it turns out the real moral of this movie is don't play so hard to get when you don't have to or maybe she just didn't want to face her true feelings maybe being in a relationship seemed hard to her who knows the real reason because I don't think he ever says why she just ignored him Maybe it's because she didn't want to try, and that was it. That's just what they're sticking with. It's like, don't try so hard, or don't play hard to get. Try. Try hard. That's the point. But don't play hard to get. I don't get it. 
It was weird. And it's like, you know, she's just like, yeah, I don't want. And then at the hospital, she still can't remember. She's trying to get his attention. He can kind of sense that she's there. And you think she's about to finally tell him so that he will know she's there for sure. <laughs> and still can't say it. It's just going on. And like this movie is too short for it to keep happening this many times. I, I don't know. Maybe it's good that it wasn't two hours long. Because another half hour of this, I'll imagine if they didn't flesh out the other stuff, but they just kept doing this back and forth, then that would be terrible. They should have fleshed out all the other stuff. It would have made more sense. Flesh out more of the drama before she died. Uh, show more of these people that she's seeing in the uh, world border and all this stuff. <coughs> it's like, dang, okay. And then, um, her in real life, her bracelet that she's wearing breaks. Her aunt, her aunt's aunt's like, does this make any sense? Does this give you any clues about a special place to her? And he's like, oh. And I was also thinking, is this bracelet what helped her hang on as long as she did? Thinking, if these are like spiritual people, people who can like ask for Jack and do psychic stuff like this. It looked like one of those like bead bracelets or you know, spiritual beads that you would see like old timey uh, exorcist user or whatever. And it's like, this looked like a miniature version of that. And so maybe that was helping her stay on. That's what helped her. But anyways, they end up going to a cliff for some reason, even though it never hints at it. Mio also ends up going to that cliff. Uh, oh, some of the stuff doesn't make sense. Coincidence. Maybe it wasn't important. Maybe because she finally gave up. And she was like, okay, I'm just going to accept it now. But then she gets there. She sees Requiem back as a human again. And she actually sees Mother Goddess. And they're both just like, okay. You get, you understand what's going on? You're actually going to die. They finally show her, like, how why she got in a car wreck. And it's like they made it. It's almost like they made it seem like she actually was in a car wreck. Like, it was supposed to be some mystery. But it's like, no, we, we knew... It was a car wreck because they made it seem like a huge reveal to her, and she's just like, "Oh, I'm actually am going to die." And it's like, "Okay, yeah, I guess." So this whole thing about Kiku being like, "It's not your time yet," which I guess technically it wasn't, but Gimon being like, "Okay, actually it is." It was so much back and forth. I don't know how many times I feel like I'm just going to get tired of seeing. It. I feel like I'm wearing my voice out just saying that part so much. But. <sighs> Then she's like, no. I remember what I want to say now. And she remembers uh, being friends with Madoka. And actually, if it turned out, like, the thing wasn't just telling Arata that she loved him, but also telling Madoka that she also loved Ar that she loved Arata. It wasn't just had anything to do with Arata. It also had to do with keeping their friendship, the three of them together. And that was the important part. Maybe the love thing wasn't even doing it. But it was part of it. But it was like, just admitting the truth of how she was actually feeling it wasn't just that she was in love. It was also that she was in love and wanted to be friends. And she didn't want Monica to have him. It was weird. But <laughs> she's like, no. And she's like, that's not the door that's going to lead me to where I want to go. And it disappears. And they're like, okay, I guess if that's what you think. They disappear, door disappears. And she just runs off a cliff. And then Arta shows up with her real body. And then eventually, just by the end, she 
wakes up and she's all fine and they're just together I'll make this movie sound ridiculous and it kind of is just but like I don't want it to sound bad it's definitely worth watching there are cool moments but it's just like the back and forth there's almost kills the momentum it could have had uh they spent time too much time on that and then not enough time on a lot of other stuff like i felt like there should be another whole chunk of the movie of before she dies and they just go get to it so quick and i get it because like get on to the actual you know spiritual death part and all that but i feel like there just should have been more Maybe it's me just being spiteful that it was only an hour and a half when I want two-hour movies, at least. Preferably three-hour movies. Could this have done three hours? Maybe not that long. <clears throat> or maybe it will be completely possible that they could have done three hours. Who knows? But yeah, and that's that's pretty much the movie. The, the main plot of it. Like I said, I didn't want to have to go through the whole thing, but, but there wasn't really that much else to talk about because... They gloss over so much. They gloss over Arta's backstory. Uh, you kind of have to piece it together. They mention stuff, but not enough. Not enough to satisfy your curiosity. You pretty much get n- almost no backstory of Mio. <laughs> besides just being friends. It's like, yeah. You get the little like fears part. Or when she was facing those, but besides that, you get no backstory. And like I said, Madoka plays almost no part in it. Really, you get more of the story. And the thing that just completely makes the whole thing seem dumb is there are mid-credit scenes. Oh, and it's it's just to show what was happening after. And uh, <laughs> what it. It shows her being fine. I guess things going back to normal. And then the part that gets me... Okay, it shows her, I guess, uh, assuming... Because it's not like you can't hear her talking. It's just like pictures and stuff. Showing her... I guess telling Monica how she really feels. And they're all fine with it. Then, a couple of images later... Almost immediately, it shows Monica with another guy. It's like, what the fuck? Really? So soon? It's like, yeah. It's like... See, Mio, I guess it's either saying Mio had nothing to worry about, Monica easily found someone else, or it's like Monica didn't give a shit either way. She was just doing this. I was like, what's going on? And I was like, okay. Um, only other important thing it really shows I can remember is Key, I assume, and Key was still alive also. Pretty sure, because it looks like she was fine, unless it's a different goldfish. And. Yeah, and that's a credit scene. I'm pretty sure there were more. And I just forgot them because they just didn't matter. Get Got nothing else about Mrs. Mori. Uh, we see that uh, Gimon is on a, like a keychain or something. Keeps that with her. I thought there was something else. There probably was something else I'm just forgetting. But it's worth a watch. Like, like I said, it's only an hour and a half long. If you haven't seen it yet, well, you, I told you the whole movie. Now, anyways, maybe ignore that part and just happen to skip to this part. It is worth watching. Uh, regardless of what I said, it's still, like most anime films, it's still visually appealing. And that's worth watching. And there is, I feel like there is good lessons in this. Um, and they really drive the keep trying part in. 
Because, yeah, she was kind of just a slacker. In the beginning, she was, like, oversleeping because she stayed up late doing... I don't know what. It doesn't say what she was doing. But she wasn't doing her homework. Uh, and they kind of just nailed out and jive in that. So, yeah. Just keep trying. Whatever you're doing. And I'll, I remember this for myself, too. Just keep trying. I'm going to keep trying to do this podcast. Uh, everything I do seems to start off slow. Um, and I don't really know how they turn out because I guess I never kept trying hard enough. I mean, I kept trying. I went through, fuck, I was in college for nine years. I definitely kept trying. I got degrees and did school for, since I was three until I was 27. So that was like, dang. So I definitely try, but I could always try harder. Remember, you can always try harder. And even if you're not good enough, at least you can say you tried. But then still remember you weren't good enough. And there's people out there who try a lot less. And probably have more money. And just a lot more connections with you. And they don't have to try. And they're going to get a lot more than you. So, what was the more of this story? Oh, of me going off. Yeah, keep trying. Even though you're most likely going to fail. That's why you try and do stuff you like doing. So when you fail, it's not actually failure. It's not failure if you're doing what you want to do. It's only failing if you stop trying. Right? I should probably cut out all that negative stuff. But I'm not going to. Because one, it's how I really feel. And two, I think it's kind of funny. It's not funny. I think it's funny. It amuses me. Hmm. So what else? If I, what else was there in this movie that I even bothered to talk about? I took notes. I actually did take notes just to make sure I remembered anything. And now I'm just like, there's no reason to take any notes. I don't think I actually even looked at any of this stuff the entire time. Even if you saw me looking around, it wasn't at these notes. There's just me being so over, like all this stuff. Oh, actually, I just see a note here. Going back to Mio's musical number, it seemed like it was a completely different person that was singing. And it threw me off for a bit. I was like, I get, uh, yeah, when you sing, you can sing a whole lot differently than how you talk. Unfortunately, that's not my case because as much as I hate country music, the only thing that fits my voice is fucking country music and it's sickening. Really, I hate it. But that's the only thing I can do. But yeah, it seemed like that actor for her singing was different and that threw me off and I was like hmm maybe it wasn't though but it's just such a different change and the music came out of nowhere it was just caught me by surprise but I, I don't know this is another weird thing it's like I don't know if I have a favorite character in this maybe Kiko or Ki just because animals will always be like number one in my heart when it comes to picking favorites and stuff like that but it was also it was so stupid it was like to use an excuse i mean it's a fish so it probably doesn't understand what you're saying anyways but use an excuse that it's in water it's like okay that's dumb that what's the point of the name it was just like here's a little mystery but it's gonna be turn out to be dumb it's like okay well then don't do it in, in the first place whatever uh, there's just random stuff. So I don't really have a favorite character. <laughs> favorite scene would kind of... Hmm. It would be... 
I guess it'll be Mio Ron on Giant Key, just because it's cool. Thinking of riding on a goldfish through a city. I don't know. The action, I guess, was pretty cool. Seeing Rec Room as a giant spider-like thing is neat. There's a part where uh, Gimon makes a portal in his mouth and tries to, and gets Mio to go through it. It's, I don't know. There's just random weird stuff in it that wasn't too off-putting, but it was just like, huh, okay, you're doing this. Just like every single moment, it's like, okay, this is a new moment. You're doing this moment now. Okay. But I guess that's it. That's really all I got to say, all, all I really need to say about it. Uh, I will say watch it. It's worth a watch. It's only an hour and a half. It's on Crunchyroll. Uh, I don't know what kind of reviews it got. I looked through the comment section a little bit. Um, it was mostly positive from what I could tell. People seem to get a lot more emotional about it than I did. I don't know why. Uh, but, I don't know. I try not to look through that kind of stuff. But, you know, curiosity and stuff. Just to see how people react to it. Uh, but, yeah, I think I guess it got generally positive reviews. I didn't look at, re uh, like, actual other critic reviews. So, I guess I won't know what those were. But, I would say it's an okay movie out of 10 coffee sky vodkas i would give it hmm a six and a half because i can't say seven seven seems like it's still an okay like a decently good movie but i feel like it was almost there just weird pacing uh not fleshed out enough but i don't want to say six because six seems silent so i'm going to say six and a half uh, Sky Coffee Vodkas. I don't think I nor generally give ratings at all like that. Not number numerical-ish ratings, but uh, I guess I'm doing it for this one. Mm. Going back to the Sky Vodka, uh, the coffee, I'm surprised it's completely clear. I would think it have at least a little tint to it. Completely not about the uh, movie anymore, but talking about what I'm drinking. Yeah, weird. That doesn't do anything else. Also weird that it's good. I'm ashamed. I don't know why I'd be ashamed of that. Surprising. More so. I will say I enjoy my drink more than I enjoy the movie. So out of uh, ten over the sky for rating this coffee sky vodka. I don't know how that works. I would give it a. I'll give it a nine. Solid nine. But since. <laughs> No, I, that doesn't make any sense. Because if Over the Sky is less Sky Vodkas than the Sky Vodka is of Over the Skies, I'm not getting to it. That's me being stupid. That's going to be it for me talking about uh, Over the Sky. <laughs> because otherwise I'm going to ramble and say stupid stuff. This is what happens when I do recordings by myself. Uh, I just ramble and say a bunch of stupid shit until... I don't know. My voice gives out. I don't know. I try to keep it in a timely manner, but I can never do stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, let's get down to the other plug-in business. It's not plug-in. It's my own podcast. Um, yeah, let me know what you thought, if you want to, about if you've seen the movie, if you agree, disagree, all that other kind of stuff. Uh, I'm glad I did this as, like, a Twitch stream uh, recording. Uh 
just to see kind of what it'd be like, how I would act, knowing it is live in case anybody watched it or listened to it and all that kind of stuff. I feel like it's still pretty much the same. When I edit these, it's hardly anything I do. I pretty much do it exactly how I talk and say it. Uh, so unless I have to pause or do something and that's the only thing different is I can't pause I mean I can pause a live stream but I don't want to um, because uh, I don't know if you know this alcohol not the most hydrating so once my throat starts getting a little uh, rough that's uh, kind of a little annoying but yeah if you liked it uh, go ahead and give it a like on whatever platform you can you can also follow whatever platform you can uh, you can follow me on my social media. It's the AC Stories along everything on Twitter, Facebook, the AC Stories, Instagram, the underscore AC underscore Stories, my Twitch, the AC Stories. Go and follow that. Then you can see I won't do all. I won't do all my uh, podcast recordings live on Twitch. Uh, maybe the ones I do solo, I will just because that's a lot easier. If I have other people, I'll probably just do that between the two of us, unless they want to do it live. Uh, I don't know if anyone would want to do that. But, yeah, you can follow me on Twitch. play a lot of variety of games and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, go ahead, like, subscribe, follow, comment, all that stuff. Um, if you want to... Oh, one thing I... If you have Sky-themed um, drinks you want to share with me, you can also either find me on all those social medias. You can also email me at Stories at gmail.com and yeah just tell me all that kind of stuff it'll be cool but yeah that is it for this alcohol and anime thank you so much on the ac and bye